How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm here. End of the week. I actually have two days coming up, two days off for the first time since I started at Daphne's. So yeah, that'll be nice. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, Mike, have you started doing your, your Thanksgiving prep? No, you know, what's crazy is I've cooked so much on Thanksgiving. I'm so used to doing everything, but uh, they told me just do a couple sides and they were going to take care of the rest. And I was like, not going to, I'm good with that. Worse for me. So I'm just doing my potatoes, which is easy as cake. You just need a lot of butter, a lot of heavy cream, a lot of salt, a lot of pepper and uh, Brussels sprouts and bacon with some red wine vinegar and um, salt, pepper, easy. I no, love no mac and cheese or dressing, huh? Well, I don't know what they're doing. Those are just the two sides I'm bringing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the re- I get to eat and watch Dallas and then pr- probably write a fucking article. God damn it. <laughs> You're so excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough because I don't know. The, the, it feels like the first part of the schedule was like, a, okay, we're legit. And now it gets into the part where it's like, let's show out people how legit we are, but mm-hmm. we just can never get healthy. And, and, you know, I, it, I know it's going to, I'm, I'm a, I'm it, people that listen to the podcast know I'm a be, very realistic fan. I don't get too up and too down over stuff. I don't go crazy. Um, you know, I had people yelling at me, you have Dak too low and you have Dak too high. Yeah. Because I had him at like six or seven when we were doing it. I'm just not a hyperboil uh, 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 type of person. And, you know, I don't want to get into too many details, but I just feel like there's going to be a, a, a either way, a way too much emotion. Either way, we win way too much emotion. We lose way too much emotion. And, um, and uh, you know, I just, I, I don't want to have to deal with it. And then I got to write and try to write in my style. And when you have a style like that, that's not so up and down, it's hard to not be repetitive. Oh yeah. You know, minus the Denver game, we've pretty much had the same thing the whole, you know, the whole year Denver. And really when we blew out Atlanta, other than that, it's pretty much been the, 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 the same thing. The offense plays really well. Uh, the defense plays well enough and is opportunistic enough um, and we, and we win. And that's been basically the season past first week. So it's, it's getting difficult keeping my style and writing something that hasn't been already said throughout the season. So what you're saying is your, your writing style is, is Jason Garrett-esque. It, fair, <laughs> fair. I'm a, you're saying I'm a very eight and eight writer. That's fair. Definitely not. I'm just saying it's very, it's turned very vanilla. Yeah. It's, it, it just, I don't get too high or low. Like I think the biggest proclamation I made is, you know, Dax, a tier one quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me, he was probably a tier one quarterback last year, but he got injured and we weren't winning. And so, you know, you probably could have put him at a tier one as early as those first two road games. 
where they barely lost to Tampa and then they beat the Chargers. And, you know, it took me till like after Carolina or something before I was like, yeah, this is, let's be real. He, he gets the ball. You think you could win just like Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, that, and, and talking about CD lamb and how good he has the possibility to be. But other than that, like, I just don't, I don't go insane about stuff. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. And, you know, writing like that is difficult because you have to be very statistic based. You have to be very story driven. And so it, it makes it tough. And then you also, you don't want to be like too overly partial and then too impartial either. Right. It's like, you have to try to find that thin, that, that happy medium. And that can be tough, especially when the Cowboys are having so much success the way that they are. It's like, okay, I want to be happy. I want to be optimistic because there's reason to be happy and there's reason to be optimistic. But at the same time, when you've been a Cowboys fans, as long as we have, you know, that things can turn in an instant. Right. And we kind of saw that with Denver, that people were, were on the highest high and all of a sudden one bad game and they just reached rock bottom. And, and, and that was the, 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 my favorite articles of the year were after that game because it was me when everybody else freaked out, it was me going, look at the snaps. Like, I know you guys don't want to hear you see me from the, from the first ever episode we had, I said, these guys are human beings. Mm -hmm. I said, Jerron curse has, has played, has never played more than, than 580 something snaps in a whole season and he was almost at 500. Osa was, was he, his increased uh, share was 16%. Uh, Randy Gregory, 16%. Like they went into that week tired and thought, that's eh, Denver. And then, and then you show up and you drop a ball, you, you know, a, a pass doesn't go right. Dak's a little off because he's been hurt and boom, you get blown out. And everybody was like, see, this team's this. And I'm like, no, they were just worn out a little bit. They'll be all right, you know. And then they blow out Atlanta, and now everybody's like, oh, we're going to walk in and smoke Kansas City. And I'm sitting there like, eh, maybe we should talk about that on the podcast a little bit. So to say that we're going to smoke this team, I mean, they're on a three-game win streak right now, but it's still Andy Reid. It's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still Travis Kelsey, and it's still Tyreek Hill. And, you know, I know that they've gotten off to a, a rough start, but when you look at their schedule, it's like they faced – just about every playoff team in the AFC that they could face. Right. And they, yeah. they had a brutal start to their schedule. I mean, you know, so did the Cowboys too, but I think that we were real quick to kind of dismiss them and they're starting to kind of get to find their groove again. And I, I don't know why anybody would think that we're just going to, we're going to smoke these guys. They were like two and something. And I was like, no, nah, I'm still picking Kansas city to make the Super Bowl. They were last. I remember at one point they were last in the AFC West. And I was just like, I was just like, nah, still, I still think it'd be Kansas City, because they just they're too, they have too good a quarterback, too good a coach, and um, they'll over that combination will overcome a bunch of shit, and and it let's see what happens, but it's starting, it's starting to look that way. I can guarantee, like if they if they really didn't get better, but they somehow snuck into the playoffs as like the second wild card, nobody in the AFC would want to face that team. No, it'd be the last team you want to face. You do not want to face Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, period. Yeah, no, no you definitely don't. Well, Mike, you know, here we are. Uh, before we get into our discussion tonight, well, where can we find you on Twitter? At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet, nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. You know, Mike, this was supposed to be episode eight of Offsides, but nobody loves us anymore. I reached out to a couple of Chiefs fans, and, man, I got left on red, Mike. 
Do you know what that feels like? Yeah, well, you know I do. Uh, <laughs> no, no comment. But uh, uh, yeah, that um, that's too bad. You know, it is a really big game. You think you'd get people on to talk about it, but mm-hmm. can I be real? This game, I kind of am glad it's just us two because I want to talk about the game yeah. more than like ask somebody about it because mm-hmm. it's such a such a good matchup. So I'm kind of excited that we get to do it. Well, you know, there was a couple of people that I did actually that did re- that responded and reached out and said, hey, one guy was like, man, I'm just now seeing this. I'm really sorry. You know, I'm super busy because he actually covers the team. So you imagine these next few days are going to be super busy for him. Then I talked to another guy. He's actually the host of the Locked on Cheese podcast. He's like, man, I'd love to, but I'm actually booked all week. So uh, I'm getting the sense that, you know, the, the Chiefs fan base and the, you know, I would imagine the Chiefs themselves know that this is like a really, really big game, possibly the game of the season for them as well. Well, yeah, you, you know, almost, you know how you go into every week and, and you say, well, Cowboys are always going to get your best shot. Yeah. It's Cowboys. Okay. Well, this week, the Dallas Cowboys are the team going, okay, here we go. We're going to give you our best shot. Like mm-hmm. chiefs are that team, not Dallas. Right. Right. Chiefs are that chiefs have been to the AFC title game last three years. Chiefs have the number one quarterback chiefs have a super bowl in the last two years. You know, they're that team that Dallas is looking at going, all right, you're going to get our best shot. So when you have two things like that, when you have a team like Dallas and another team that, that Dallas is looking up at kind of in a way going, going, all right, here we go. You know, Mm -hmm. you guys, you guys are the ones we're going after. It makes for a really, a really like, like this is going to be the game with the highest ratings of the year if it's anything competitive unless yeah. one of the teams just denver you know does a denver broncos to the other like they did to us unless that happens at the games within a score 10 points throughout it's it's going to be it's going to be enormous numbers do you think this this game means more to the chiefs or more to the cowboys uh the chiefs because they are in a battle for the division where our divisions, oh, something would have to happen, you know, knock on wood, for it's, us to not win the division. It's weird to me that a team that's been to back-to-back Super Bowls has something to prove. Yeah, you know, it's, it's – I don't know if they have something to prove, but they're in a battle because when you're a great team – New England was, was a rarity. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you're in a great team in the division, the division builds their team to beat you. Yeah. And so you have struggles throughout the whole division, you know, and uh, and you can see it with the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers coaching hire was about beating uh, uh, them. The way they're building their their pass rush, you know, is about beating them. Um, Asante Samuel being drafted, you know, yeah. uh, Derwin James. It's about beating those guys. So. Yeah, the 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 same Raiders big pass rush. That's what they do well. And um, Denver, Denver's another one. They had Von Miller. They had Bradley Chubb. You know, they they built corners. They got Patrick Sertan and Roby, and they they all build for the division winner. And and then Kansas City got that big ass. You know, the, the all those playoff teams, and so mm-hmm. it made it to where. They're, and they're still top of the division. That's what's crazy. They're tied. But like tiebreaker wise, I think they're number one, which is just insane. This goes to show you that the NFL really is a week to week game. And 
So which week league, excuse me. It is Denver Broncos, then Atlanta Falcons. Exactly. Well, do you think that this is our biggest game of the year? Oh, man. Yeah. Here's the thing. What if the Arizona game is for the one seed? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. That's the only question. Yeah. Otherwise, like we just talked about, this is the one when Arizona comes in, I don't care how great Kyler Murray is and how they're beating it. They're still looking up at us going, we got to give them our best shot. That's the Dallas Cowboys. Right. This is the one game all year where we're looking up at them going, all right, we got to give them our best shot. So yeah, it probably is. The only thing would be is if the Arizona game is for home field, the number one seed. Well, it's interesting to me, Mike, because you think about how the season started where in the off season, Dak missed so much time with his shoulder and then leading up to the Tampa Bay game, it's like, is Dak going to be ready? Is he even going to play? And what's his team going to look like? And that, you know, that that was a pretty big game. Even though we lost, I think we kind of showed everybody that, hey, we can hang with the big boys. Uh, you know, Dak looks good. He's having, he's going to, we're going to, he's going to, uh, you know, go return to his 2020 form. And then, um, you know, you look at this game, this game could change how the league views Dallas, how other fan bases in the media views Dallas. This to me, honestly, this is a borderline career-defining game for Dak. I mean, I, I think this is the biggest regular season game of the year. I know, and and losing, man, they had to lose Amari. God, that is just brutal. And he's probably going to be out for the Raider game, too, because it's 10 days. But it just, it's, I just feel like, like, we're better than our record, even though our record's 7-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Because we just cannot get a break this year. We can't get a break. I mean, we just, man, it's frustrating a little bit that, that you know, because the the we shouldn't care. But, you know, the national media, if we lose this game, is going to be like, ah, oh, see, Dallas, it's not. And I'm like, dude, they're, they're not, they're not even like three-fifths of what they're going to be when their guys that are injured right now comes back. I, I, it just blows my mind and, and not just comes back, but as a few games together, like it's not Matt again, they're humans. Tyron comes back. He's got to be able to play himself back into the shape he was in and, and get the continuity. Gallup is only in his second game back. You know, the timing's not there yet, you know, and then Cooper goes out. So now CD lamb goes from the mismatch in the slot likely to the outside and Cedric Wilson goes in the slot. Well, now Honey Badger can handle Cedric Wilson. Oh, yeah. Not that Cedric Wilson won't get a catch or two, but CeeDee Lamb will eat up Honey Badger. Honey Badger is a great player. He cannot guard uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb. He'll get killed. So, but, so now, it, you know, it just changes the matchups. Just, I just feel like they never get a break. You know, it's crazy to think that it could be our first game in the playoffs where this team is actually 100% healthy. And that, seeing that, that scares me because they don't – I remember last year with, uh, with the Lakers, even though they got up 2-1 on Phoenix, you know, the eventual uh, champions in that conference, they – I just never had a feeling they could win even before AD got hurt because they never got a chance to play together. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and play – you need to play that last 10, 12 games together to get into a rhythm – and they had to come into the playoffs and just play together. Like, all right, everybody's back for the first playoff game. And I just felt like it's not going to work. I, I think they get beat. If that's the case, I don't know if they can win. They need they need two, three games 
where their main parts are all together and working together and, and getting an idea of how to play together. I would imagine that Tank and Gallimore will be back at least by week 16, right? I think it, it, in the next four games, so you're talking the Giants game, is that? I think by the Giants game, you'll be talking about getting them back. And then the hope is that by the Arizona game, they're they're in football shape where they can play, you know, 40 to 60% of the snaps. Thinking about Tank only playing 40 snaps and seeing how fresh he could be, and then once he gets his legs under him, man, I, I wonder how, how fast he'll be, how, you know, just how fast and physical. I mean, thinking about how, his physicality, but then adding like a fresh – fast element to his game that's exciting assuming you go two and one which is very possible Raiders and Saints should be very beatable even if you did lose this one I think two and one is very possible but assuming you did that and then you got the division games which even even in your wildest you're talking two and two so I mean then that's if like everything has gone wrong um you know, and and then with Carolina, you're you're talking. You're uh you're at least doing good. You're probably three and one. Arizona maybe two, three losses. So you're five. What is that? Twelve and five. So you end up twelve and five on the year. Getting Tank fresh and Gallimore fresh. If you end up twelve and five or better, mm-hmm. could end up being a positive. Would would you be willing to, I hate to say sacrifice, but for a lack of better words, would you be willing to sacrifice a win or two just to get the defensive line reacclimated, you know, Neville Gallimore, Demarcus Lawrence, and then maybe even a possible, you know, Tyron Smith to just kind of get him back into, into the swing of things after missing what we're hoping is maybe just one game. Sounds like he might be back this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that later, but would you sacrifice a win or two just to get all those guys back into the swing of things? Yeah, because I think we're good enough to win anywhere. Like, right. do I want the bye week with this coaching staff? Hell yes. They took the bye week and won out and shut down Minnesota. Mm-hmm. A defensive game. Because our offense was led by Cooper Rush that game. And we had a negative uh, uh, EPA per play offense the only time this season. Even the Denver game, I don't think, was um, a negative, which seems like crazy to me, but – uh, you know, and they won it. So I would love to get a buy with this coaching staff. I think, I think if we get a buy, we're walking into the NFC championship game. I don't think a team can beat us coming off a buy. I don't think that's going to happen. We're too well coached. We have too good of a quarterback, too much offensive, uh, talent. Uh, I think we'd win if we get the buy, but as far as the long run of the playoffs, we need Tank, Gallimore, Gregory, the offensive line, all clicking. Agreed. I, I wish that, you know, we, we played on the on Thanksgiving for as long as I can remember. I wonder why we've never gotten a bye after, you know what I mean? That, that our bye week would come the week after playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's all, it always goes. No, normally what they used to do was we'd go road game, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving home, week after home. But the one thing they've changed up is now it's uh, road or home, Thanksgiving home by a uh, road game afterwards. Mm. And it's uh, it's I don't I don't see us. We're probably not going to get a bye week after Thanksgiving. They like that. They like that stretch of Sunday, Thursday, next Thursday, Dallas. That's such a brutal stretch for any team. It is. And that's what 
and and that's what made you know Trevor Simeon. You think like oh Saints, they got Trevor Simeon. Yeah, but our our they're a tough defense, and our team is going to be worn out. They got to go Kansas City, three days rest, Raiders on Thanksgiving, and then only seven days. You don't even get the full ten. At least that's typically how it goes. They're mm-hmm. the next Thursday night, and uh, and they have to go against that that physical Saints team. Yeah, in the Superdome. Hmm. So, you know, people probably hear me go, oh, I hope we go two and one. And they're like, oh, we should beat all three of these teams. It's not about the teams. It's about the, 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 the what they have to do in that three-game period. What they have to go through is, is brutal. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, you talk about the physicality of all three of those teams. Even, uh, you know, uh, uh, a New England or a Kansas City that three-game stretch against the, uh, those physical teams, I mean, we kind of saw what happened against Denver after facing New England, and um, I, I forget what team that, that's pretty physical we played before that, but we, we saw how it can affect the, affect us. Yeah, and not just that, but there's going to be no Randy Gregory, no DeMarcus Lawrence, so all these got no Brent Urban, no um, uh, Gallimore. You know, all those defensive line, those trench guys, are going to be playing more and more snaps over this short game period, man, it's, it, it, this next three is a brutal stretch. When you think about the pieces that are, we're missing on defense, what do you think is going to be, what do you think is the best defensive strategy for Mahomes and the Chiefs offense? Uh, you got to play for me. This is how I would do it. I would run hooker and Casey as the two deep safeties. And I would shade one to heel always, no matter what side he's on. Um, he can go digs or I'm not traveling digs on most downs. Play him on his side. It, even if Hill's over there, you put a double on him. You let Hill, you let digs be aggressive underneath. Then I'm running Javon Curse and Wilson as linebackers on pass downs. Either side, whatever side Kelsey's on, they can cover them then. Uh, it gives you an ideal bracket guy. If you decide to put uh, uh, Lewis on Kelsey, one of the safeties will be better at bracketing than the linebackers were. And then I would run Parsons um, as an edge. And I'm thinking of this as passing downs right now. So Parsons would be an edge rusher on that for me because I'm trying to shorten the time Mahomes has to throw. So that would be my strategy on on stopping them, getting them to third down passing downs, and then uh, putting Parsons at edge, putting uh, two safeties as my linebackers, and then making sure there's always a safety over top of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, definitely easier said than done. I mean, what I'm thinking is if you can find a way to make force them to beat you with Daryl Williams, the running back, or maybe it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire and, and make McCole Hardman, you know, make him step up and make those, make those big plays that we've seen him do. I think that's going to be our best chance because we obviously know what Tyreek Hill can do. We know what Travis Kelsey can do. If we take away those, you know, attempt to take away those two big pieces of that offense, I really like our chances, even with a, with a banged up defense. I agree. If you can, if you can make them drive and try to score in the red zone on you, that's a much better strategy than letting them hit big plays. Mm-hmm. Just that's, you know, just let them, uh, let them play underneath, make them not make mistakes. You know, uh, they've been very turnover prone that 10 games, they have 20 turnovers, 10 interceptions. Um, so just make them play underneath, try to be opportunistic when you get a chance 
and don't get beat for the big game-changing plays. You mentioned Parsons. Are you hoping to see him more at linebacker or edge this week? If you made me choose one spot like he can't move around, then I want an edge because I need him to get to Mahomes. We need we need four guys to get there. That's That's really how you do it. Rush four, play guys back to not give up the deep play, hit Mahomes. Um, so I would play him at edge. What is more likely the scenario is he plays linebacker most of the time and then guaranteed third and six or longer, then he slides over to edge because you have plenty of safeties that can be playing linebacker and cover and he can get after Patrick Mahomes. You know, Mike, here on my notes, I said, like Deion Sanders used to say, both. Move him all over the place and make Mahomes have to worry about where he is and what he's doing at all times. Yeah, that's that's smart. See, I was answering the question as it was <laughs> put, and you were cheating, but I kind of answered it the same way afterwards. He's going to be a linebacker that rotates the edge in, in obvious passing down. So we both kind of think the same thing. You know, I got to get my edge somewhere, Mike, even if I have to cheat. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit of a cheat. I did say, if you had to choose him at one only, which one would you rather do? If I had to cheat, I, I definitely rush the passer, especially with Gregory out, no tank, obviously. And just knowing that, you know, can we really rely on Dorrance Armstrong, who finally showed us something? Terrell, Terrell Basham, he's been good, but he hasn't been, um, you know, I have, it feels like I haven't seen him really in the backfield a lot, like, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback lately. So, you know, I feel like having him at edge would, would be, would be best this week. I agree. I don't, I don't trust Dorrance Armstrong. I don't trust Dorrance Armstrong or Basham to make enough big plays and Parsons will make big plays. I have a feeling uh, Golston will, you know, not make like, uh, you know, not have a, not have multiple sacks or anything, but I feel like he's going to be making Mahomes scramble a lot, you know, be, be making him uncomfortable early and often. This is a, this has nothing to do with how they are as players because it means that both of them were good picks, but uh, uh, you know, Golston being out and being fresher and Osa being kind of worn down by the amount of plays he had to play. The last week, maybe two, I think Golston, or two of the last three, maybe it was, because I know Golston played a bad game in there somewhere, but two of the last three, I think um, Golston has played better uh, of our rookies. He's played really, really well. How nice would it be to see uh, to see uh, Mr. Tristan Hill, you know, have a big, big play, maybe get him, get him a sack this week. His get off is still there from watching the tape of last game. He still gets off the ball. It's all about, does he keep his technique? What happens after the hike? That's mm-hmm. When the hike comes, he's, he's there. Then it's, what do you do to, to accompany that great start? What can you do to finish it off? There were a lot of comments being made about his, his weight, you know, people making jokes at him. But when I saw him, I'm like, wow, he, he actually looks like he might be in some some shape. So, you know, He's good in shape. great shape. He was out of shape to start camp. Yeah. He was on he was on the IR for that time and over that time he worked his ass off cuz he's in great shape. I was say he as looked in, pretty not good. Not as in his wind, but as in how he looks. Yeah, for sure. It, you know, with a game on Thursday and given his injury history, Mike, would you rather Cowboys sit Tyron Sunday or, or play and play him on Thanksgiving? I would rather just wait and play him on Thanksgiving personally, 
but I'll say this that not if he's if he's like healthy if they're like no no he did his mock game he's good then yeah yeah of course play him I'm saying if they're like hey you could fight through the pain if you want I'm like dude I don't want you fighting through the pain on Sunday and then having to play exactly you know another game against a better pass rush like they're they're the Raiders pass rush Casey has the names but Raiders have a have a really good pass rush, so I would wait unless it's unless it's something like uh, where they go where you can get injured, but it's one of those where it's like like people say, you know, you play football, you can get injured on any play. If it's like that, then play them. If it's like, hey, the the ankle compromises you at all, let mm-hmm. them sit, bring them in versus Raiders. Yeah, if he's dealing with any sort of pain, Mike, I wouldn't mind sitting him this week. I wouldn't even mind sitting him on Thursday as well. And if it came down to it, why not sit him these next three games, considering what we see with Still? And now, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like McGovern's going to get the started guard this week. That's word. That's the word. That's what, you know, it was kind of on a hush-hush, and then Jerry just kind of blew it up like, like Jerry does. And so unless he was mistaking the Connors, you know, or just – making the the other team think something yeah Connor McGovern's shown enough to start on the left side and you know what can you say to Williams you know you're the most penalized I don't think he's been horrible but if you're the most penalized player in football I can't how do I argue for your job when you're doing that and the other guy he isn't playing offensive line exactly all the time he's fullback but he's one of the highest rated blockers in the league how can I argue it after seeing McGovern uh fill in for martin on week one i mean are you excited to see what he'll do a left guard next to next to still helping you know helping him i would love to see him add some power because when we go up against tampa bay if connor mcgovern works out well i would love him to be able to to be a guy that could that could hold up because he's more of a power guy he's not an ultimate power guy but he's more of a power guy than Connor Williams is. And Biotish gets stronger every week. And we know what Martin is. And if we can start getting runs up the middle to work out better, man, that's the one thing we're missing from this offense right now. Yeah, I would agree. You know, we talked about our defensive line being a bit of a concern when you look at the injuries there. And then, of course, you look at the left side of the offensive line, that being a concern. But when you look at Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, which one of those pieces is the bigger concern for the Cowboys? For me, this is easier, e- easily Hill. Mm-hmm. For me. I, I just, I, I think that's a, that's, it's a no brainer. You know, if Kelsey beats you, it takes you a few plays down the field. Like he's, he's not the burner. He's not getting uh, the big, big plays. He's going to play you over the middle. He's going to, uh, you know, seven to 15 yard you to death. And then you get to the red zone and you got to cap it off. You know, Hill is one of those that just is a game break open. He's a demoralizer. He hits you with a play when it's 10 to three, he hits you with the big 70 yarder and you're just like, all right, fuck. Yeah. So for me, easily Hill's the issue. Yeah. This in my notes, Mike, it's Hill. Our corners do not have the speed to keep up with him. I agree. Anthony Brown is track fast. He's not as football fast as Tyreek Hill. You touched on that earlier, but how, how would you match up the Cowboys defense against Hill and Kelsey? So since she touched on it, you know, let me give you what I, what I had written down. Yeah. You know, so am I crazy to have Lewis play Hill at the line to kind of be a little bit more physical and have Diggs play safety over the top to help over the top? 
and I'd have Brown and, and Donovan Wilson double Kelsey. You want Diggs at safety now? Yeah, I was saying because you get Lewis to, to be physical with Hill, kind of bump him off his route to kind of get him out of his timing with Mahomes. And then if he gets by Lewis, then you've got Diggs over the top to kind of run with him and keep him in his own. What do you what would make you think Diggs is better in that position though than Casey? Because Casey's a big interception guy. He's made big plays and he he knows that position. Diggs really doesn't. I guess just uh thinking if of coverage more so it's a more, more of a trusting him more in coverage than Casey. Maybe you do a double uh corner on him. Just have have you know two guys over there and say Build Belichick style saying, nope, he's out. You're not getting him. You know, yeah. and have it be Diggs and Jordan Lewis and then worry about the rest of them. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised just because Casey's been somewhat quiet, especially since, I've, you know, the situation during the bye week. But you would trust him to, to provide the, you know, to fulfill the assignment of helping Diggs with, uh, with Hill? I would only because uh, that kind of stuff is about communication. Mm-hmm. And Diggs is a corner. He he hasn't he hasn't been tasked with communicating like the safety has to. Yeah. So I'd rather just it be KZ over the top. Let you do the job you're supposed to do that you're used to doing. And um, both those guys can play half field safety. Him and Hooker. And I think because we haven't shown that hardly, it would be something that might confuse Kansas City that you know they. I've seen it from other teams because it's what's worked on them, but there's no film of it really of Dallas doing it. So they wouldn't know exactly what we were, we were going to do underneath and our coverage is underneath the two safe, uh, the two safeties deep could fool them. Maybe. Do you think uh, J Ron curse, you know, will he have to, uh, do you think he'll, he'll have a big impact, you know, covering Kelsey or, you know, trying to slow him, slowing him down. Yeah, I think I think your your the idea with Jerron Curse is just to have him beat up Travis Kelsey at the line. Yeah, that that's the key to stopping Travis Kelsey is putting somebody who's physical on them to get him off of his route early to mess up the timing. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not electric. He needs he needs to beat guys and then route them up and get open early. And uh, you look at what the Giants did. They put Bradbury on him and basically shut him down. They said, Bradley, get up there and play physical on him. You know, and it's not like the Giants have some crazy pass rush or something that they just had a good game plan on him. And, and I think uh, Jerron Curse, Donovan Wilson could do that type of thing. You know, it's unfortunate that Kelvin Joseph's not going to be able to, you know, take part in this game because of his the passing of his uncle, which is unfortunate. But it would have been nice to see what what he could do against a, a team like this, kind of maybe show us a glimpse of, of the player that we, we've been hoping to see. I legitimately thought, that uh, Kelvin Joseph would get his most snaps this game and that he would line up quite often on Hill or Kelsey uh, multiple times, that he would get snaps versus Kelsey and he would get snaps versus Hill and, uh, and, and, and play him in man, even though he'd probably have help with Hill, play him in, in man coverage uh, because it's what he does. He does it really well. Man, I'd love to see him go take a few reps against Hill just to see if he can stick with him, how he how he handles him. If you know, if he gets beat one time, does he kind of lose focus or does he, you know, does he keep his head in the game? My uh, my key with that is I would tell him you your job is to beat up Hill 
at the line. And if you get beat, it's fine because the safety's already going to be ready over there. So just play it physical and aggressive. And if you get beat, play the underneath stuff because he's just going to be running to a safety anyway. You know, a difference maker for the Cowboys, is, I would imagine, is going to be Zeke this week. When, when you look at him uh, and comparing these two offenses, how much of a difference maker could he be this week? I th- Especially with Amari out, I think he is the difference maker. I think if you looked at both offenses, um, if you match up, well, we have the better offensive line, but they have the better pass rush going against. So that's pretty even. Quarterbacks are pretty even. Gallup and uh, and C.D. Lamb, uh, probably not as good as Hill Kelsey, but pretty damn good. You know, they're they're in that area with them. It's not like it's a big discrepancy, but Zeke is can salt a game away. Clyde Edwards Hilaire can't. So let us get an opening drive touchdown and a and a pick six, say, and get up 14 nothing. Now we can work that we can make you get only one possession a quarter because we have that type of back back there and uh, they don't really have that. You know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is not the guy that's going to get the ball 25 times off tackle dive uh, uh, ISO, you know, that type of thing. He, they're going to want to pass still. And so they're not going to salt the game away. If they get up 14, nothing, we have a better chance of coming back on them because they, they don't have a way to take our possessions down by milking the clock. You know, for the for the running backs don't matter crowd, I would love to see nothing more than to Zeke and Pollard and and Daryl Williams all have have big games. Well, well, Dak Prescott and, and Mahomes kind of like have good games, but, you know, they don't light it up. I have a very strong suspicion that that's going to be our strategy that our especially with Amari out, that our strategy is going to be beat them up early while scoring, you know, passing enough to score. Not like you're just going to run on second and ten. But beat them up enough, beat them running, keep the possess- their possessions down to keep our defense fresh because our defensive line's so limited. And, uh, and then um, in the fourth quarter, when they're beat up, give it to Dak and say, Dak, take this over. Their pass rush is beat up. They're not going to get to you. You're going to have time. Their secondary is not great. We can attack them and score on them. You know, Mike, last time we talked about it, both of us said Mahomes is the one quarterback we would consider trading Dak for. Is that still true today? That is not true any longer. That That isn't. Uh, you couldn't make me trade Dak for anybody in the NFL. He, he's Does there other quarterbacks that have more natural talent than him? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Does it, can he do almost everything they can do? Yes. There's a couple throws – that Mahomes, that Mahomes, Rogers, Allen will make better because of their arm strength, but he's as accurate as anybody. His arm is very strong. It's not like he has a weak arm. He's 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 uh, he has a great arm, and there's a couple quarterbacks that have elite arms, so he can make most every throw. And then he's just his leadership is beyond. I just don't. I don't think there's another quarterback that does that like him. In not Russell Wilson, nobody. Maybe Brady. Yeah. Yep. He's Tom Brady level. That's the other guy. So I'm not trading him for, for anybody. I would not trade Dak for Mahomes, And I could actually see myself trading Mahomes for Dak because I think somebody would be dumb enough to give you Dak Prescott and more for Mahomes. That's actually a, a nice call. 
that because I was going, I ain't trading Mahomes for Dak, but if you you could get extra for it, you're absolutely right. So yeah, I could do that. You get yourself a a, a great quarterback who can win. Uh, at least we think he can win, and then you you pair that with a pick or two, uh, uh, a first round pick, and maybe another top fifty pick. Yeah, my That's goodness. Imagine being able to start your franchise with Dak Prescott, like maybe start like a mini rebuild or a reload with Dak Prescott in a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And probably another top 50 considering it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh my goodness. It should Dak and Mahomes be ranked in the same tier. Yeah. I mean, right now Dak's playing better. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, the, that's the saying a lot. About, yeah. The thing about Mahomes is he's done it. Dak has it. Mm-hmm. So it, that's what puts them in the same tier. If you go who's tier one right now, I don't know if there's another guy up there with Dak. Like he's playing at a, a crazy level. It, it's insane. Kyler Murray, when healthy, is playing at that level. Um, and then there's a lot of guys that Mahomes, Russ Wilson, Tom Brady, who aren't playing as well right now, but you know have that ability yeah. to move up. And I think that's what puts them in tier one. So tier one for me is rogers mahomes and dak right now um i don't think brady can get to that level with that if you if you've seen without antonio brown and gronk he's looked bad mm-hmm. not not like like oh he hasn't he's looked bad so you know he's one of those that needs a lot of mismatches everywhere and then he's tom brady and and he'll outsmart you because one of those guys is going to beat one of your guys and he's always going to hit him and that is important and it's needed but it's not tier one, in my opinion. I don't think Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson are tier one because they just don't throw the ball well enough, consistently enough yet. And I don't think Russ is tier one anymore. I just don't think he's played as well, well enough to do that. Um, I do believe that Brady and Russell Wilson can reach tier one with the right people around them, um, hitting the correct stride, the offensive line playing a certain way. But I, I think Dak Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers are tier one right now. Those are your three. When you, you know, I was just sitting here thinking about this while you're giving your answer, Mike. Imagine if Dak added the numbers to his resume, the, the way he was playing last year, as bad as our defense was, and the video game type numbers that Dak was putting up last year. Imagine adding all those stats to his resume and then seeing what he's doing this year from an efficiency standpoint and just kind of a, a surgical standpoint, just like dissecting defenses. I mean, I don't think there would really be that much of a conversation. I think some people might even say, man, if you compare the numbers, you were to take away the Super Bowl, you might even be able to put Dak in his own tier and then Mahomes in the next tier. Yeah, he, he's he's playing like a maniac. And Mahomes is just, he's turning the ball over too much and he hasn't figured out that too high defense yet. You know, he put it on the Raiders. Raiders don't play too high. Mm-hmm. So, and neither do Dallas, unfortunately. And Dallas doesn't have... The, the ideal is play too high and rush four, and we don't have our defensive ends in, and we don't play much too high. So I'm interested to see what they do there. So that that's going to be crazy. But until he figures that out and limits his turnovers, you got to give Dak the edge right now. So I feel like this is a bit of a loaded question. Is Mahomes still the best quarterback in the NFL? I think he'd be taken more than any if you ask – um gms to take a guy 
he might be the unanimous one you take considering his age, his contract, his ability, his experience. Mm -hmm. Right now, he's not playing like the best quarterback in the league. So he might still be it, but he's not playing like the best right now. <laughs> Here in my notes. No, I don't think he is. As of right now, I think it's a tie between Dak and Mahomes. Accuracy was really the only thing separating Mahomes and Dak, at least for me. That was a, a big debate against Dak that, you know, the haters used against Dak. But when you look at the numbers, Dak has been better. He's been as good or better this year. And I, I think it was LP. We, we had a discussion on, on quarterbacks on the fantasy show. When you compare their accuracy numbers between Dak and Mahomes, I, I want to say that Dak was actually either, again, just as good or, or better in some cases. I believe Dak's number one in the league right now, I believe. Um, the the It might be Kyler Murray because he was injured. But I think right now it goes uh, Dak, <clears throat> Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes on how they're playing. Not who's the best one, but on how they're playing, I think Mahomes would be fourth. So, you, Mike, you, you answered this a couple of uh, questions ago about um, should Dak and Mahomes be ranked in the same tier, I believe. No, it was last time we talked about both. Both of us said Mahomes is the one quarterback we consider trading for Dak. The, the next question here on the show sheet is, is, if you were starting a franchise and both Mahomes and Dak are the same age, who would you build your franchise around? I think, you you know, your answer was going to be Dak. Is that correct? That's kind of where, where your answer was. Let me look. Uh let me find that one. Yeah, I put I put exact same answer. I'd take Dak because uh, he's the leadership. I want him as the as the leader, and I just I root for the guy. Like uh, not just because he's Dallas. Like if something happening was on another team, I'd want him to win. If my team didn't win, and you know that if fans feel that, like I never felt that for Romo. I loved Tony Romo. Mm -hmm. Loved Tony. I was. I'm not a Romo hater guy. Uh, if he went to another team, I wouldn't root for him. I'd be like, I don't, you know, you're, you're a jet or whatever. Now right. if Dak went to another team that wasn't Philly, Washington, uh, you know, one of those that I would root for him to win. If our team got knocked out, I would even buy a Jersey, honestly, I consider it. So, you know, but for my answer, it's some pretty similar to yours, Mike Dak. And the reason being is the leadership qualities. Plus, I think Dak has that Mamba mentality like Kobe had. You know, I don't know if Mahomes has that. You know, what's crazy, too, is, is people think we're homers. But if you follow this podcast, me and you didn't even have them in the top five going into the 2019 season. Like, yeah, the 2020 think, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The season he got hurt. I think uh, uh, I had him like sixth and you had him seventh or something like that. Yeah. It? Like, so we're not homers. We're about as realistic as you can get. But when you watch what he did the last season before he was hurt, and then this year, it's just no denying it. At some point, you got to put your preconceived notions away. And at Dan Orlovsky, the dude's elite. I was wrong, Dax elite, period. That's all you got to say. And, the, uh, man, who's that other guy? Colin Coward even said it. Yeah. Yep. Said, not only just about Dak, but about the Cowboys. Yeah, he said Dak's lead, and he's the one that said Dak would be a great backup, and then he put dot, 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 tight end. You know, which they're they're supposed to do hyperbole. Like, no. I never I never believed Dan Orlovsky really thought that Wentz was great and Dak wasn't, ever. It's just that's the character, you know, that you have to that, – that's his TV script. You got to do it for the clicks, baby. 
yeah, hey, they they get look at Stephen A makes thirty million a year or whatever by just going, uh, uh, you know, they they're just wait, it'll happen. Like it's the dumbest thing ever. If they don't win the Super Bowl, they can make the NFC title game and like lose on a on a, a missed field goal, and he'd be like, "What did I tell you? This and that." And I'm like, "No, dude, that was that's not what you want." Like, if you're really a Cowboys hater. You're not thinking like that. Like, you know, he's all oh, the harder the fall, the better they are. No, then you're not a real Cowboys fan. Eagles fans aren't sitting there going, oh, I hope they win all the way to the NFC title game and, and then they can lose. No, they don't want that. They want them to go one in 15 or one in 16. You know, real haters, not TV script guys. I think the TV script guys, just for the conversation, I think they want the Cowboys to make it to the Super Bowl and lose. I feel like that would be the best case scenario for them just so they could laugh and kind of get the last laugh type of thing the best the best case scenario for the tv show ones is dallas just wins the super bowl you think so oh yeah because the next year they can go in going you know they could have the the it's a big thing that they won and then they can they can come off and do their like oh they're not going to repeat it was a fluke like all the interest will be on what are these guys going to say now that they now that they've done it, what are they going to say? And they're going to get all the eyes on them. The Cowboy, the Dallas Cowboys doing good is good for all. Dallas Cowboy, like the characters that are pro Dallas Cowboys, the haters, everything. You just want them to win because it's going to be ratings. Dude, when after a Cowboys win, the vibe in the city, like for the next week, is just totally different. Such a pleasant, calm, everybody's happy. It's crazy the effect that a Cowboys victory has on the town. I wish I could see it. I'm in California. We don't care. We're Dallas fans do, but overall, like Rams win and lose, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna go to Disneyland. It's too much <laughs> shit to do. Like nobody, nobody pays attention enough. It's not a hardcore state sports wise. Yeah. All right, Mike. Fill in the blank. The Dallas defense needs to blank for the Cowboys to win. Rush Mahomes. They've got to be able to get to Mahomes. And let me be clear. With the four-man rush. You can't blitz him, he kills it. So with the four-man rush, if they can consistently rush Mahomes, he's not the same passer. And if and, and I don't expect them to be able to stop us very much. Like, mm-hmm. I expect us to get 28 to 40 points, even in Arrowhead. So if we rush Mahomes and get him off his game, I think we win. For his career, Mahomes is 44 and 12. And the 12 losses, he averages close to 340 yards and one interception. If Dallas wins the turnover battle, I think we win this game, Mike. I agree. Turnover battles always, always important. And, and I believe that if you get a turnover off him, it means that you're getting to him with the pass rush. Right. I don't think if he's just sitting back there, he, he's the type of quarterback that throws something you know, and it, and it gets picked off, you know, so yeah, rush them and then take advantage of the mistakes. Dude, with as good as Randy Gregory's been this year, at least just getting pressures, man, I wish we had in this game. It's, it, it's, it is, it is the, I know we're about to get into score prediction. It is the difference for me in the game. It, it's, it's that much. I mean, just golly, dude, tank Gregory, Tyron and Amari Cooper. I mean, who who can who can suffer all that and still have a chance, really? Yeah, and, and then that's just your big name guys. 
Brent Urban has a huge role. Neville Gallimore was supposed to be your starting three technique. Like they just, Kelvin Joseph was just playing snaps on defense and as a special teamer. It, it just, it, it, it's hard, man. It's hard to lose that much when you're going to a team this good and that needs to win because they're fighting for a division. They're not, they're not like us where we're in a division that we pretty much have locked up. I feel like this is the game, What depending on what Quinn does and the performance, that this could give him another opportunity to get a head coaching job. I agree 100%. This game is going to be watched by everybody. If Quinn did something to, and we won the game 27-20, oh, can you imagine? He he would be – and I'd be all right with it because we have like five assistants that could be the, the coach. It'd be a big loss, but it wouldn't be a big loss like – George Edwards, wit, those guys could be the coach and they'd be they'd be fine. Have you heard the the thoughts that Ben McAdoo is the um, you know, is next in line to be the offensive coordinator should Kellen Moore leave? It wouldn't surprise me. He's a he's a decent coordinator. Um, he's really good with players. Uh he he looked like an idiot and was a dummy as a head coach, but as a lot the the uh uh Todd Bowles was terrible as a head coach and went back to DC and won a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and like won them that Super Bowl. Like he was as important as Tom Brady and all those offensive weapons were. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not much stressing it. Obviously it's a loss, but do we have Dak Prescott? Yes. Then, then let's go. Fair enough. You know, I'd, I'd hate to see it, but yeah, you make a good point. When you have Dak Prescott and then, you know, I, I like, I'm starting to see a, a bond, a relationship between Dak and McCarthy that I didn't realize was there before. So knowing that that's there as well, I, I think we could, we could overcome a loss like a, like a Kellen Moore. I agree. It's not ideal. We don't want it to happen. It will hurt. It will be less than McAdoo McCarthy will be less than, but less than could, you could still win, win with less than if you're as good as we are. Agreed. All right, Mike, what's your score prediction for this week? All right, I got KC 31-27. I think Ooh. our offense will move the ball really well. I think in the end, it's just too much to ask a team this beat up to go in, you know, Tyron's first game back. Now Amari's out. You know, Zeke has a knee. Uh, 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 Michael Gallup's one week back from returning. You know, their timing's not right. He dropped probably a touchdown last week. Uh, and then that that D line is just man. You're gonna ask. I'm assuming you're gonna ask him a lot of times to rush for, and you just don't have the guys. Uh, I'll tell you this. This is my favorite part about this because, like I said, I don't get too high or too low. This game is for me. I know a lot of fans are emotionally invested in this game, and if we lose, and we're never gonna win in the playoffs, and we don't. This game honestly is all Kansas City gotta beat us. They have to, because if they cannot beat a Sands, Tyron playing uh, uh, more than, a, you know, uh, playing in, you know, he's, he's limited, Amari on COVID, none of our defensive linemen, then what the hell are they going to do if they got to line up against Gregory Gallimore, Osa, Tank, uh, that that secondary with Kelvin Joseph, you know, as as depth and and Tyron healthy and playing together with this unit and Gallup and CD and Schultz and Jarwin and Amari, like, what are they going to do if they can't beat us right now where we're walking wounded? 
you know, we're walking wounded right now. And, and if we won this game, my God, I, I just, it would shock me to win this game as much as we are beat up. It really would, but it's, we have Dak. And so it's possible. We really could walk in there and beat them as limited as we are. It blows my mind, but I'm not going to pick it. So 31-27, Kansas City. If we win, man, we, we, are, we are that team. We are the team if we walk into Arrowhead and beat them with everything we have missing right now. If Dak wins this game and we win more than – and we win 12 games or more, has he pretty much sealed the deal for MVP? How can he not? I know. Carry, I mean, I get how well we played. I get Atlanta's not Kansas City. Playing in Dallas is not playing in Arrowhead. You're asking a career backup in Dorrance Armstrong, a, a, a guy that's never been a big name in Carlos Watkins, a rookie in Osa who's died down a little bit because he's fucking tired. He's played college ball with college kids for 12 games and then getting a month off before playing a bowl game. Like he's tired and Basham who has started some, but has never been an elite player. You're asking them to come in and beat Patrick Mahomes. And, and if Dak can outshine them and that's look at, listen to forget who's playing better. Listen to the four guys. Can't say, say we play the same. We play two safeties back, both because neither team wants to give up big plays. We're bringing Dorrance Armstrong, Carlos Watkins, Oso Digizua, and Terrell Basham. That's Who? Not, that's, Who? Yeah. They're, here's their four that they're bringing now. Ingram, Melvin Ingram, mm. been a great pass rusher his whole career. Mm-hmm. Frank Clark, who's killed for nasty. seasons with nasty. Uh, Jerron Reed one of the best pass rushing one techniques in all of football killed it with Seattle is doing it here. It's tied for the team with nine QB hits as a one technique and Chris frigging Jones, a mm. superstar. That's the four they're bringing. We, we can't match that. The difference is our offensive line is great. Assuming everybody's healthy. Yeah. Theirs is not. So it evens that out a little bit, <clears throat> but big players are going to make big plays and they got four big players, and we do not. So if Dak is able to, to man, if he pulls this out, it's one of those games that if we lose, I go, I look at it and go, and eh, we were up playoffs. You're up 3-1 in the playoffs, and, and they're playing their game at home, and you don't close it out. And you go, that's all right. We'll close it out in the next one at home. We're going back home to close it out. That's how I feel it's like. I feel like if we eliminate you this game, then damn, you weren't shit. We just beat you 4-1. We whipped you. We're up 3-0 in the series, and you couldn't get one from us. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel this game is. If we beat you, then watch out, because we're about to stomp a mold, mud hole through everybody. But if you beat us, I'm like, all right, you beat a team that didn't have half its fucking players. We just have such a good quarterback that y'all thought you were playing somebody. You're playing a team you should be. You're the AFC champs. You got Mr. All-World quarterback. You got Andy Reid. We don't, we don't even, we don't have Randy Gregory, let alone Tank Lawrence and Gallimore and Amari. Tyron may or may not play. 
our, our, our main two pass rushers are rookies, Parsons and, and Osa. Like, you, you better win in Arrowhead. So I'm going to give them the, the nod. I think they should win. I think they're a really good team, just like we are, and they're healthier, and they're at home. So I'm, I'm giving them the win. If they don't, though, holy crap, are we even another level? Yeah, Mikey. No, I couldn't agree more. I crunched the numbers here. The Cowboys on the road average, 26 points. And uh, the points allowed on the road is 23. The Chiefs at home average 22 points per game. And the Chiefs at home uh, points allowed is 24. Did a little magic, did a little crunching of the numbers. I have it, 27-24 Cowboys. Ooh, all right. And, it's, and the thing is, is it's not homerism. It's totally believable. Their defense can't hang with us either. Mm-hmm. They're, they're de- and now, Amari missing makes it a little bit less. God, that hurts. I just don't see how they stop us if we have Amari Cooper. What do you do? How do you, how do you match that up? So it'll be a little bit tougher, but, you know, that maybe that's the difference in me thinking it's 31-27. It's that close, and we have, we have six, like, we have – Three stars for sure out, and we have a bunch of really big like like people don't talk about Blake Jarwin. Blake Blake Jarwin's a big would be a big player. Who's guarding Blake Jarwin on there on the on their unit? Anthony Hitchens? No, it ain't happening. So you know it just it's a lot to overcome. I'm sorry. I know Jessica Haggerty and that other guy's gonna say I'm the worst fan and I never picked the team and. I suck. I'm like, dude, we have a lot of people. Believe me, if we were healthy, I would pick us no doubt in my mind. And I still think we could win. It's a coin flip. It's a last possession thing. Yes. I, I think I, this could be a big Michael Gallup game as well. Oh, I'd love it. I hope he cuts them up. Yes, sir. Get a couple of big ones. Well, Mike, as always, I enjoyed the, enjoyed the discussion tonight. And before we get you out of here, remind the people where they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week.